Hot Springs Village Inside Out is a closer look at the greatness of Hot Springs Village, Arkansas and the surrounding areas, people, places, experiences. Hot Springs Village is one of the most beautiful places on earth. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host, Dennis Simpson, as we engage in weekly conversations to explore Hot Springs Village Inside Out. Today's show is brought to you by Central Arkansas's favorite radio station, KVRE. Find them on the dial at 92.9 FM. Stream them live, kvre.com. Remax of Hot Springs Village. The award-winning Remax of Hot Springs Village is the largest real estate office inside the village with over 30 full-time agents and support staff. Visit them to learn more about this beautiful place to solve your real estate needs. Call them today at 1-800-364-9007. Find them online at explorehsv.com. They are Remax of Hot Springs Village at 1-800-364-9007 or online at explorehsv.com. Ike Eisenhower State Farm. Ike and his award-winning team have been serving the insurance needs of folks all around Hot Springs Village since 1998. Ike has qualified for State Farm's President's Club, Chairman's Circle, and Hot Springs Village Insurance Agent of the Year. Call Ike Eisenhower State Farm today at 501-984-4100. That's 501-984-4100. Find them online at IkeEisenhower.net. Call them today for all your insurance needs because, like a good neighbor, Ike Eisenhower State Farm is there. Dennis Simpson back with Mr. Chuck Miller, and Chuck's going to tell us how to get on the radio. How do you do this, Chuck? (laughs) You have to be lucky. (laughs) Well, apparently you have to be at a bar too, right? Well, yeah. I met When I lived in San Diego, I met a fellow, and I can't remember his name because it's been so long ago, but he was Mr. Radio of San Diego. And uh, we got talking. He said, well, you ought to come on my show sometime. So I said, yeah, what do you want me to do? Just talk to me. Okay. So I also travel a lot. So we began to talk about that aspect of it. And then I've been on radio. Well, I think a memory mentioned for 50 weeks, I was on the road uh, and I talked to Bob Casper and Brian Taylor who have a real golf radio program called Real Golf Radio, and I was on the radio with them every week. So people all along have told me, "Do you ever shut up?" So I guess I was a good radio person. <laughs> well, you know, maybe maybe certain people in your life have said things to me like they have to you. And you know, you you have a face for radio, Dennis. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I would look good on radio. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I know that one. You heard uh, that one. Yes, I have. And and because I have been background in, in working with people and in public relations and all, um, it comes easy if you're just talking to somebody. Yeah. You know, you just talk like you're like we're doing today. Sure. Like you would talk and to I've a been friend. able to do that. And I've been very, very fortunate, Dennis, with my life having been able to do things that I would have never been able to do just because I was well, I, I talked to kids about this in my motivational presentation. You got to be upbeat. You got you got to have the right date. You got to have D is desire, the dire, desire to say, yeah, I can do that. Attitude says, yeah, sure, I can. I want to do that. T is teamwork. Enthusiasm is E. 
And I've always been about that. When I was a kid, believe it or not, and very few people have made me believe it, my nickname was Innocent Charlie because I was small and very quiet. I went to high school. I was 5'2". I got out of high school. I was 5'6". I'm 6'1 and a half now. And I was what what changed my life is when I went to school, I joined a fraternity, Delta Upsilon fraternity, and I was in with guys that had come back from uh, war. They were 28, 29. They were in, uh, where were they? The oh, Vietnam, I guess? No, it was before Vietnam. Korea? Co- it could have been Korea. Well, when, what was in 50? Five fifty-seven, yeah, Korea. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They they came back, and there were five of us in the fraternity. There were seventeen and eighteen. All the rest were twenty-five, twenty-eight. So I learned a heck of a lot in a very short time. Uh, when to shut up was one of them, <laughs> <laughs> but it was very helpful. Um, and I, I've been very fortunate because of the travel, because of meeting people. Uh, I I would not have been able to do it if I. I wasn't outgoing because people people don't want to be around lone downers. I mean, and and when I talk, I just I just made, had a presentation at Adult and Teen Challenger last week. Great bunch of guys. And I was what about to say, what a fantastic organization, by the way. Oh, unbelievable! I I read some of the bios on them, and I I I looked up and I thank God that I had never had that kind of problem. Some people but got they, dealt a built by poorer hand than you and I, my friend. Yes. Uh, and they're, what they're going through in this program is wonderful. I talk to kids that just got into it. Kids are about to graduate. In fact, I'm going to go to the graduation next Friday because there's two of them that are going to graduate. Oh, and cool. and they are, you know, they're wonderful, wonderful guys. It used to be Teen Challenge. I spoke there five, six years ago, and, and now it's Adult and Teen Challenge, and I didn't see any teens. Really? Uh, no, but they're – their uh, fellow that's been there, I think he said 18 months, Stefan DiLorenzo, the mm-hmm. new director. Yeah. Wonderful guy. And 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 I just have so much admiration for them of how, what they're doing for these teens and adults, but mostly adults. And, and when they come out of this program, they've got God directing them. They've got enthusiasm in their new life and they've got their past past behind them. Um, it's a wonderful program. And and, 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 gather- and let's be clear, a lot of people don't understand their past was not necessarily very pretty at all. Many oh. times these were court directed or court yes. appointed or or whatever. And and I say all that to say, uh, and, and number one, and I, I'm we've chased a rabbit and I want to nail it down now that we're here. If you could, I've been trying to get in touch with these guys like you for years to get them on the show. So man, if you could share and just drop a, a a little button in their ear, I would really appreciate sure, it. Sure, let me Look. put a note to that. I'll, okay. I'll call Stephanie. Well, and, and while you're doing that, I want to make note. I'm assuming, Chuck, you're still available to do motivational speaking or to to just speak to groups and let them know uh, you know, what it's like to be a travel writer. Yes, I, I do two presentations. One is called uh, Traveling Around and What You Can Do, or basically that. And I talk about my trip. And the other is is success is achievable. And that's what I, mm. I spoke to uh, the kids, kids again. Well, anybody under my age is a kid. Uh, <laughs> I spoke to them about success is achievable. And I do it in a little different way because most 
speakers realize that about 80% of what you speak about, they forget. Maybe we'll catch 20%. Well, I give them acronyms so that that's easier to remember. I have 11 that I give them. The first one is HAG, H-A-G. And that's an important one because you have to have a goal because it gives you a direction and a purpose in life. And that's what I talk about um, with them. And I was very pleased Thursday after I spoke, one of the fellows came up to me and he said, you know, I really appreciate you being here. I'm going to take those things that you told me and I'm going to work on them in my life because I think they'll be helpful to make me be successful. And, you know, if you get one person that, that appreciates and understands, and that's what I do when I give them. The second one, I just tell about the trip, um, leaving Vista, California on January 8th and arriving in Hot Springs Village on December 12th and the in between. It was amazing. Wow. Wow. It was just and so, so let me back up. Let me back up. Sure. We, we covered in one of the last shows, we talked about how you became a writer and how $50 was the very first money and the very best money you had ever had. But you somehow settled for that, right? Is that correct? Correct. I have traveled on complimentary trips. And if you're in the IRS, you don't hear this because <laughs> I don't want you to call me back. Uh, but I, I write... Um, Articles now for Golf Vacations magazine. It's an upscale digital magazine. Originally was four color, you know, as good right, it could sure. be. Yeah. But when everything went digital, so did Golf Vacations magazine. Right. I do not get paid for my articles. And I don't mind that because it's opened up opportunities for me to travel hmm. on complimentary trips. I've been to Fiji for 10 days. I've been to Morocco twice with Billy Casper. I've been on Viking from Amsterdam to Budapest. I've played golf in European countries. I played golf in 141 courses when I was on my on my tour. And that's all because I think that the people realize I've got a win-win situation. And I've mm -hmm. always taken that approach, even when, of course, when I was in business. It's got to be a win for you. It's got to be a win for the customer. It's got to be good for the client, whatever. Because if it is, then you're successful. And, and you know, at my age, I'm 84 going on 85 in March. I feel like I'm 50. My mind, some says I'm 49. Um, I My time in life now is to give back. And if I can help by my presentations or by talking about Hot Springs Village, that's what I want to do. Myrna and I have a wonderful time. We're we're doing, I think, four trips this year. A couple of them are, uh, or one of them is um, to, I, I'm going to Iceland. She's not. I'm going to Iceland to play in the midnight golf tournament called the Arctic Open. And what day, they, what what month is that? Is that this August? Is June. 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 Yes, because they have 22 hours of sunlight and a couple of hours of, of kind of like, well, not daylight, but. Twilight so, or twilight. Twilight, yeah. yeah. And I've wanted to do that for a couple of years, but COVID interfered. So I'm going to do it this year. Um, it's <laughs> it's kind of, you know, on your bucket list type of thing. And so I'm working and I've got to unfortunately pay for my way there in the hotels and all. So if anybody in, in Akurai or <laughs> right, you make this but they're copying me into the tournament because I'm going to write an article about it. We went on a trip 
through the Rocky Mountains of Canada on the Rocky Mountaineer train. And, and I wrote an article just recently about that. But it's been an opportunity for me to see the world. I mean, I got two more countries to go. What? And I, and I had it that we were going to go. And then I, we were on a cruise and I got sick. And they quarantined me with oh. COVID for six days. And so Myrna says, I don't want to go anywhere where yeah. I don't speak the language or I don't know what's going on. We were going to go to Egypt and Dubai. And I was going to try to get a, you know, write a story about Dubai. And I have fun. You and think? I, I, I you tell think? that to, yeah, that's what I tell the people, particularly here in the village, because the demographics are such that the people can go, they can do, they can afford it, or they can stay home and enjoy this wonderful place, but have fun. Uh, yeah, the well, other I, night we went to the Beboppers to go dancing. Great yeah. time. Uh, yeah, uh, and I'll tell you what, and we talked about this on the other show. We talked about the affordability here. Oh, amazing. We, we haven't talked about the day-to-day affordability. Uh, you know, a, a really nice concert here is 30, 35 bucks. That's the top of the heap. It's even cheaper than that. And that's even post-COVID. Uh, the Beboppers, how much did that cost, just roughly? Well, they went up to ten dollars a person. Ten dollars? Yeah, <laughs> bunch of highway. And they robbery. have, and they have a they have a live band now, and it's just fun. Yeah, it We've is, met- and, and I think from the outside, and I know this sounds stupid for Diane and I. Uh, you know, well, what are you doing next Tuesday? Well, it's Boomer's Bingo Night, and we got yeah. you know, we got to run down. And everybody's like, "Oh, this is so silly." It's fun. And you sit with other fun people and you touched on this on the last show. When you're with fun people, you really don't care. You could be watching the paint dry, but you're having a good time and laughing and enjoying it. We went to a party last night uh, with some people. Myrna is a member of PEO. I don't know if you know what PEO is. I don't believe it. Uh, It's a philanthropic educational organization for women all over the country. It happens that here in the village, they have six chapters. There are states that only have one chapter. Really? These people, yes. They they raise funds for uh, the college up. It's called Cotty College. And they bring these girls in from all over and they go to college there. Um, they have all kinds of fundraising things for women. It, it's an amazing hmm. organization. Uh, when awesome. I came here, I'd never heard of them. Yeah. But they're, well, they're, well let, let me come back to it real quick. We talked about the 50 state golf tour. Yep. You touched on this because you were on the radio with with the the uh, the the uh, what was the name of the real real golf, golf radio real golf radio syndicated it all over the country. And let's hear that. How did you find real golf radio? Did you just call and go, well, "Hey, I'll write you some articles"? No, it wasn't like that. Um, I had maybe I had mentioned before that I was able to go to Morocco with Billy Casper yeah. and Bob was his son, and I talked to them about it because I talked to Bob about it. Just thinking it'd be my great idea that yeah. I he, they're on the radio for 50 weeks a year. And I was there's 50 states. I said, well, how about if I go and I take this tour around this country and every week I report from a different state about places to play, places to stay. And Bob talked to his radio partner, Brian Taylor. And long story short, they said, yes, I tried to raise funds for advertising for them and for covering my costs. And it was almost like a recession at the time, 2010 and 2011. Yeah. So I, they didn't, I couldn't do it, but they said, we like the idea. 
let's do it. So I did. And on my website, you can go and pick up any state that's there, listen to the two and a half minute broadcast. Which, which, uh, I'm, I'm on the uh, I'm on the 50 state tour right here. Is this the okay. one or uh, go? I think if you go back to the original first place. Okay, let me go back. Oh, to wait a minute. You just skipped down. I'm sorry, and and skip. and let's discuss. It's the travelingguy.com. Correct. The travelingguy.com. Okay, now if you see where it says radio and TV interviews. Radio and TV interviews on right. his web page here, and for those who are listening, I'm navigating you through it. Excuse me. And once again, as I mentioned, KLRT and Little Rock, the Golf Channel. Okay. Uh, wow. And so, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my That's goodness. the TV ones, and there's each state. San the Diego. The one state I don't have, the, it, we glitched it out some way, was Hawaii. But every other state, there's two and a half, three minutes about where I was. Uh, the, <laughs> this was about my hole in one. There's some information about my hole in one. Also, uh, might as well plug it since we're talking. I wrote a book about my 50 state trip. It's called Golfing the U.S. You can slide down and you can actually see the cover. Um, that's and, oh, well, excuse me. And this can all be found at, and I'm having to refresh here. I apologize. Yeah, okay. All can be found at the travelingguy.com as right. soon as it reloads. Yeah, let me reload it one more time here. I'm sorry. And you have all your interviews. That's really impressive. And you say down here at the bottom, there's the front cover of the book. Well, there's a cover of my book. I don't know if it's on that page. I'm not okay. on it, but yeah, um, it's, it's not acting like it is, but yeah, I know what you're yeah. saying. And it shows the cover. I, and I wrote the book. I wasn't going to write a book. No way. And excuse me, heck, what I'm about to say, but I wasn't going to write a book because that takes a lot. Books are usually 50, 60,000 words. Wow. Well, because I had a dossier that I had set up, because when I was on the radio, I had to have a script and I wrote it from the, the things that I found out. Right. Well, Myrna said, You got to write a book. I know, no, no, no. Well, I, it was easy. Even though it was hard, it was easy because each chapter I had this dossier on each one. So I start out in Vista and I go through the states on my way and end up in Hawaii. Wow. And it's on Amazon. You can either get it in Kindle or you can get it in hardcover. It's called Golfing the U.S. Reflections on a 50-Week, 50-State Golf Odyssey. What a phenomenal life. And, and so of the 50 states... What stuck out? Obviously, Hot Springs Village, I'm assuming, and I'm not just trying to yes. plug us. No, that's and- true. People always ask me. Uh, first off, they say, did Did you go? Did you play this course? And I said, well, no, I didn't, unfortunately. I said, there are 25,000 courses or more in the U.S. I did play 141. Wow. But uh, they asked me, what were your favorite courses? And, and my true answer, and, and this is not BS, my true answer was the course that I was playing that day because of the course, because of the people that I played with, because of the knowledge I could get about the community. Having said that, I really enjoyed playing the plantation course. That was my last course and my 50. In fact, you're looking at the, there's a story that I did about uh, Hot Springs Village. Um, But my last golf round was at the plantation course where they just had the, uh, it used to be Sony. I I forget what it is now. Mm-hmm. The champions play there. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I, that was my last one. I loved it. It was beautiful. You look out at the ocean and the swaying palms, and you got Molokai in the distance. On the 18th hole, 
the I had asked the pro, well, what, what? Give me some ideas. He says, well, when you get to the 18th hole, aim at the clubhouse. It's a par five, six hundred and some yard hole. I said, you aim at the clubhouse. So when I got six hundred yards, you said, yeah, and par five. Yeah, but you got to understand, it's basically downhill. <laughs> the longest drive they've had on it is 475 yards. Whoa. Because if you hit it toward the clubhouse, it gets on a hill that's almost straight down, it seems, and the ball rolls. So anyway, uh, I love I loved that. I've played uh, five rounds in Michigan. Uh, I played at courses that were famous. Uh, Brackenridge in San Antonio, where Sam Sneed and all the guys of that era yeah. played and won the Texas Open. I I I played at one nine-hole course that was a golf course and pizza parlor. <laughs> <laughs> but I, and I loved it because I got such a different view of everything in the country. I played with people that, I, of course, I had never met before. Um, but when I played here, I really thought everything is right here. I, to my knowledge, there's nothing like this place in anywhere in the U.S. There well, are some I was great courses. Say, I was going to say in our previous interview, I love Arkansas. I lo you will not talk me out of Arkansas. I love it. Tennessee has some pretty places. Lots of rolling hills. It's beautiful. It's green. Mm -hmm. It ain't here, right? Well, where can you go where you have – all the nice people, you have nine golf courses, you have 11 lakes, you have fishing, hunting, pickleball, tennis, and wonderful people. And the cost of living compared to California was maybe 25%. Are you serious? Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, my I bought my first house, hmm, 61, for 18500 18,500. Yeah. I went back about 15 years and it happened to be on for sale. And so I called the real estate agent. I said, da, 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 da. I've used to, uh, I'd like to know about 125 Beverly. I see. Oh, she went in. I said, no, time out. Time out. I used to live there. I, I don't need to know that much. I need no. to know a price. What's it for sale now? She said 767. It was a two bedroom, one bath house. Two, one. Yeah. My house in Walnut Creek that I sold was originally built for thirty-eight five. Uh, paid, I bought uh, half of it from my wife at that time. Her, they had been divorced, and she was going to sell. And I said, "Well, if we're going to go somewhere, why don't I buy him out?" So I bought him out at one hundred twenty-eight thousand. When she passed away twelve years later, thirteen years later, I sold it for six fifty. It's now. Last time I heard it was on the market for a million too. My goodness. I, there was a, uh, a, a John can no, it was John candy. It's a John Aykroyd uh, that was part of the blues brothers back on Saturday night mm -hmm. live. There was a routine going around and I remembered it. And I thought it was very funny at the time, back when inflation was super high, he was doing his impersonation of Jimmy Carter. And he said, I think it would be wonderful if we're all millionaires by the time it's 2020, you know, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, you know, this, your cars will cost $50,000. I'm like, well, <laughs> my first job was at standard oil out of college. I was making $440 a month, a month. And my goal was to make 15,000 a year. Were you crazy? 
That was big time. It was big time. And you, you answered a question I've been wanting to ask. What did you do in real life? I mean, this was your hobby and have fun retire thing, right? But what did you do in real right. life? Uh, after bumming around Europe for seven and a half months, I came back and I went to work for Standard Oil in publications. And I was there two and a half years. And one of my fraternity brothers who owned a chain of A&W Rupert Drive-Ins came to me and said, because he was single, we used to invite him to dinner. He said, I want you to come to work for me. I said, Ray, Ray, I work for Standard Oil. Why would I want to go cook hamburgers and fries and pour Rupert? He said, what do you make a month? I said, 440. He says, I'll give you 900 and a month's vacation and benefits. I said, let's go over that again. <laughs> and it took me a while, but I did go to work for them. And then um, I was recruited to uh, become a VP of operations for a company called Guggenheimer, which was an in-plant feeding operation that was specialized in German uh, visualization and decor and sandwiches. Really? And, and so I was the first vice president. Uh, first, there were only three or four of us in the company, but, um, and I developed and we had, I think when I left there and retired, I had probably, I think there's 40 operations. I had seven supervisors and 600 employees. And then and I did some consulting work uh, for one of my biggest customers mm -hmm. that I had gone in sales. Uh, oh, I, between Guggenheimer and when I retired, I worked for a distributor, food service distributor. Uh, it was a local distributor that was purchased by Cisco Corporation. Mm. And we were there i started they were make they were doing about four million i became the number one salesman when we were doing seven million and they're now doing about 600 million but i i retired from there and then i did some consulting with my my biggest customer and also with the uh, alien golf with another buddy we set up the alien golf distribution network internationally and then adams golf and you know those things came along and one thing led to another. And then I that's, I said, you know, I'm going to try this. Oh, I moved back to San Diego after my wife died. And I said, I'm going to see what I can do with travel writing. I always wanted to do that. And I can afford to do it. And that's how it came about. When I wrote that article and got $50 and went down and had my card printed, said, Chuck Miller, travel, travel writer. <laughs> the traveling guy, Chuck Miller. Yep. Chuck, again, it's been a delight. Would, would you agree to come back some other time? Gee, I'll have to look at my calendar. Yeah, yeah. If you're not in Iceland fishing at midnight or you're yeah, not. Uh, and yeah. if you want, I'll call you from Iceland. So I'll tell you what, I would like that. I'll tell you what, see what you see if you can fit us in there somewhere, Chuck. Can you see if you can do that? Oh, I would love to. It's been a pleasure, Dennis. It has and been I, a delight. I, uh -huh. I, uh, I think looking at you and looking the lake behind you, you found the place, too. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story without tears in my eyes, which I rarely do. Um, I bought a property here in, uh, 1999, uh, turned around and flipped it on eBay real quick. And I would come out and start taking pictures and buying properties and looking around. I bought and sold over 350 properties here over the You're last kidding. No, 22 years. What? Well, oh, uh, wow. A business partner and I and Diane own 31 acres back here. We own 21 acres on Lake Coronado. We own eight acres on Lake Segovia. We, he's got over wow. 200 properties in his own name. Yeah. Could, so, could you do me a favor? Yeah. Could you adopt me? No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> 
Diane, Diane is all I can take care of. And that's, that's my <laughs> only, that's my only dependent and, and she pays her own way. But, but I say all that to say, uh, I remember leaving here 21 years ago and being sad. Now I'm driving back to Little Rock. It's not like I'm driving a million miles. I'm mm-hmm. just going from here 55 minutes into Little Rock. And I remember driving, Chuck, as I was driving out and I looked in the windows and I could see other people in their homes like now in the evening mm-hmm. and, and you know, going to bed and they had their televisions on and I, I, something hit me in my head. And I know this happens to you too, but I heard myself say, they get to stay here all night. They get to spend the whole day here. Mm-hmm. And it really, I mean, that's when it clicked. And I was like, I could be here too. Yeah, we could that's- do this. And, you know, and it was it was people, an endless goal from there to, to move people, here. Yeah. I remember going to places for a week's vacation up in the mountains of Tahoe. And now we live here all year round in this beautiful place with the wonderful people. I mean, how fortunate. We, you know, Chuck, on our worst day, it's paradise. It is. We're, there's four couples that we've become very close. And we every week when we get to go to church, and then sometimes now – we go to breakfast. There aren't many places right yeah. now that are available, but we go to breakfast. And it always comes up how fortunate we are, how lucky we are to live where we are. We are. Uh, I, do, you, do you remember Joe Marriott? Do you know Joe Marriott that has No, the place? I know the name, the yeah. financial guy. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Joe was telling me a story one time, and he was simply out, a little out of frustration, but it was also out of bewilderment. He said he was counseling with a, a very wealthy couple, couple one time that, you know, money was not their problem, mm-hmm. to, to put it, you know, fairly. And uh, he said, he said, well, don't you want to travel? Don't you want to? And he literally said, don't you want to go to Fiji? Don't you want to, you know, all these other places? And the lady said, do you have any idea how wonderful it is to go to church every Sunday morning with some of your dearest friends that you've only known the last five to 10 years of your life? And sit in the same pew and hear a fantastic sermon and get out and see God's beauty every day. He went, I got nothing. <laughs> it is. It's true. The only thing we don't have right now is water in Cortez. We're going to fix but that. That's coming back. We're going to fix that. I tell you what, Chuck, I'm going to, and I'm going to throw you an inside line real quick. Friday afternoon, we're recording this the, the first, the last week of January. Friday afternoon, I'm interviewing Mr. Ken Unger, and this will be late in oh, yeah. February when we roll it out. But uh, on your lake, my friend, you know what they found when they lowered down the lake? No. Nearly a million gallons a day of excess water going into the sewer treatment plant. What? Yeah, you heard me. Somebody built a boat dock. And when they drove their boat dock pylon down through, you know, to get down in the soil. Right. Well, they hit something hard and they just kept going. And it was the sewer pipe. You're kidding. No, sir. And that sewer pipe has been dumping millions of gallons for God knows how many years. Of sewer into the lake? Uh, well, of water into the sewer and flushing it on out. I, I don't know if you remember, but you know we've had a manhole restoration project. Right. Because of all the inflow. Well, every gallon of effluent we don't have to process at the sewer treatment plant is money back in our pocket. Right. Right. And that's why they're treating all this. These And and for those of you that don't know, we have manholes around the street here. And if you have a true amount of rainfall, we get a lot of rainfall water. And that goes in. It goes down to the sewer treatment plant. And it doesn't know it's not me flushing my toilet. 
it's just rainwater. It doesn't, it doesn't discriminate. It's water, right? Wow. And he, he said they, they found that, that anyway, I'm not going to get into it. I've already gone too far, but unsimply believable how much uh, water and loss, but I mean, and you don't know that till you drain down the lake and find out. It's amazing. I had, I had Myrna take a picture of the lake now so we can see what it was like when there there wasn't any water in it. And then I'm sorry, go ahead. And then Tuesday night and hopefully Wednesday morning, I'll have a picture of it with snow on it. (laughs) (laughs) And then we'll have it when the water comes back. Well, I'm going to send you the link. We just did a show. It comes out Friday. We'll come out. January 30th, I guess. Is that what the Friday is? Yeah, no, no, no. It's, uh, hang on. Uh, it comes out the 27th. We're coming out with a show with Ken again, and uh, we have drone footage that flies over the lake. I shot some drone footage, and Ken and I discuss it as we go over the lake. Uh, it's unbelievable. And and that new device that they're that they're uh, dredging it out with. Oh, yeah. We've seen it here in the, in the you know, it's, what are the, I said, what is that? Yeah. yeah, you know, but who thought you amazing. could make an excavator float, huh? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And when I and I think it's what mid February when they're supposed to start letting the water come back in. He he said that it would be very soon. Uh, they've actually, and I'm I'm gonna I don't want to blow up that episode, right. but I, I'll tell you they have they've undershot the budget by half, overproduced what they wanted to do. It's been rocket rocket science beyond what they thought they would be able to do. You know what uh, I've, I've seen since I've been here in the 10 years, what Kelly Hale has done here is brought in what I don't know, but I don't think the people that were running were not P and L business people. It was more like the federal government. We need it. We'll just spend it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I and I know some of them, and I'm not critical. That was yeah, they're, the way they're good people. Yeah. Yes, but what he's done, and he's brought in good people. You know, Unger, you know, is from what I understand, has done a terrific job. Um, I, I'm going to serve hopefully on the marketing committee, the new one that's coming up. Yeah, uh, I've been asked to to put in my application on that. With Miss Pam Avila, who's been on our show a couple of times. Great, yes. great lady and sharp. Yes, oh my is. goodness, she's sharp. Yeah, so she, I was on the old one when they weren't really listening to the ideas, but now, <laughs> now it's directly as a very official committee. And yeah, she asked me if I would be on it, and and I've known her since that time, and she's very capable. She's oh, yeah. very interested in in the community and what it's doing, and she does a great job on it. So yeah. I said I'd I'd be happy to. I've done probably a hundred and fifty different trade shows where I. So I, my background is big in that. My background is big in talking about a product or the group or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I hopefully I can give them some beneficials of my background because well, I love I, this. I'm Did I sum- tell you I love this place? I think you told me you love it, but I'm going <laughs> to summarize. You you took my thunder again because I was going to tell you it's really easy to sell something you are, you're truly in love with and Absolutely. you love the product. It, it makes Absolutely. it a whole lot easier. Well, that's what I told you before. People say, are you in real estate? You're trying to sell me something. You you know, I said, no, I just love the place. It's wonderful. And that is the final word from Mr. Chuck Miller. Hot Springs Village Inside Out. I'm Dennis Simpson. He's Chuck Miller. We will see you next time. Thanks, Chuck. Thank you. I appreciate it, Dennis. The only thing we need to do is figure out how the camera works. We'll get that next time. Thanks, buddy. 
Thanks for watching and listening to Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a weekly podcast starring Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. Visit the website at hotspringsvillageinsideout.com.